Trash. Trash. Hey gang, welcome back to another episode of the We Speak English Good Podcast. Today's guest is Mr. Mike Audi from MyTiki.com. Now, full transparency, this is a paid interview, but it's a sponsored interview. But I do want to, to make sure that you guys know that I fully believe in this product. MyTiki.com is incredible because they are taking the control Back. They're giving the control back to the people. And, it, it, and it's all in regards to big data and big tech. And you guys know how much I talk shit about uh, companies like Facebook and Google and how they just have full reign on all of our information, selling it to whoever knows where in some weird place. It, it, it just doesn't even make sense on how much they are just taking from us while controlling the narrative on what we can say or can't say. So it, 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 this to me is almost like a stick in the ribs to these, to these jerks. And um, here's how, because you can actually control who sees your data, you can control who gets to have your data, and you get to monetize. You get to monetize the data that these companies are taking for free. So. Go to mytiki.com slash goodenglish and you can find a link in the show notes. Please go and support. Sign up on the email list so you can be at the ground level at the launch of this amp. 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 <laughs> yeah, at the launch of this amp. There you go. <laughs> this app. Uh, I got to talk to Mike uh, uh, for a great length on the product and get a little bit of his view on uh, how big data is sort of controlling the narrative right now and uh, in a lot of aspects of our lives. So um, I had a great conversation with Mike, just absolutely fantastic. And But that's coming up here shortly. First, go to reinamystique.com, R-E-I-N-A-M-Y-S-T-I-Q-U-E.com and go check out her, uh, her latest single, which is Stu, uh, a reggae jam. And she's also streaming on Twitch three days a week but i think she wants to step it up so go check her out she's also on twitch twitch.tv slash mystique go give her some love uh, you can find a link in the show notes you can also find we speak english good yes you can find yes you can find us <laughs> here we are <laughs> uh you already knew that though you can find We Speak English Good on Twitch, twitch.tv slash We Speak English Good. Go check us out. Uh, if you like the audio side of the show, then you're going to love the, the live stream. You get to, it, it's interactive. You get to ask questions. You get to, you get to play games, win prizes. You get to see live music streams that you're not going to see anywhere else. Just, there's just so much content there that's just amazing. I just love that platform so much. So, Come on over, twitch.tv slash we speak English good. You can also, if you want to support the show, please go to our threadless store. We speak English good.threadless.com. Go get yourself a woo t-shirt. Um, right now on my Instagram, I have uh, a little glamour shots that I took over the weekend, which are displaying some of the of the designs from um 
from the Threadless store, which is our pro wrestler t-shirt. I can't say that. I can't describe it without going woo. Yeah. Anyways, me being silly. And you can also get the, the 80s throwback retro WSEG design that I designed myself on Canva. Very simply put, I just took a font and some lines and boom, new logo. <laughs> uh, but I think it's slick. I like it. So if you want to see me wearing it, go to my Instagram. You'll see my glamour shots. But go to threadless. Oh, is that? My bad. We speak English good. Threatless. Threatless. I just ate and I'm having a hard time breathing here because I just ate food and now I'm trying to like push and be excited for this for this open this this intro here. Uh, <laughs> we speak English good. Threadless.com. Go cop yourself a shirt. It's a good time. You can also like, subscribe, review, like us on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Uh, uh, Twitter, the the Discord, we're we're everywhere. We're even on Snapchat, but I don't I don't know what's going on over there. I, like TikTok, I'm starting to actually get into. I'm actually starting to get into TikTok, but like Snapchat, I still I'm not sure what's going on with that whole thing. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm aging out nicely. I'm aging out of technology. Uh, yeah, so go like us on those social media platforms. All the links are in the show notes. You can also subscribe to us on Apple iTunes or follow us on uh, Spotify or anywhere you get your podcast. You can also subscribe on YouTube and on Twitch. Uh, you can oh, you can also leave a review for the show, and and that that's very helpful. It's very helpful. Uh, so leave a review on Apple iTunes or anywhere you can leave a review. It's very helpful. Um, what else have we got? I think that's it. I think I think that's enough out of me, you know. You heard uh, this Friday on the live stream we have Cat Jones Music, who is a lovely singer songwriter and a music streamer. Uh, she'll be on the live stream at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and I think on the podcast on the podcast feed here, you will have Adam Flair, who is, uh, is an amazing producer. And, uh, and and performer and music streamer out of, um, where the, he's out of the UK, but there's like a specific town he lives in that I can't remember. Oh, well. Anyways, Adam is a community member of the live stream, and he is amazing. It just, if you're into Chromio, if you're into Zap and Roger, then you're going to love Adam Flair. So he will be on the show Friday and that's it. So that's enough out of me. Let's jump on over to Mike Audi of MyTiki.com. And remember, guys, go sign up. If you want to show some support for the show, go sign up at MyTiki.com slash GoodEnglish and, uh, and just get in on the ground level and take control back over who sees and uses your data. And most importantly, monetize that shit. All right, run it, Mike Audi, everybody.
I, I talk I talk so much smack about big tech on here, especially in in the sense of <laughs> of, of well, you know, like in the in the sense of of censorship and. And, and, you know, data has a lot to do with that and, and how they zero in on people to edit and censor. And obviously, you, can't, you can't just, you know, I, I get that these companies have, um, these companies have, you know, terms of service and, and, and I get that. And you can't just put whatever you want out there. And I get all that, but, they're, but they are getting a little ridiculous. But, but I'll get into that. We can, we can get into that. First, I want to actually just, what's your background and what, what's your background, what's your education and what you've been working on leading up to Tiki? Sure. I mean, so start with my education and background, I guess, is in engineering, right? I have a degrees in electrical, computer, and robotics engineering from a school called Worcester Polytech, uh, Massachusetts. So studied engineering. Um, and the whole goal was always to build things. And I spent the, about a decade building things with data specifically. So that's really my background is um, how to collect data, how to use data, how to build things with data, ideally in ways that benefit users. That's uh, really where my passion is. Um, I did a whole lot of stuff. I know you guys talk a lot about music on this podcast. Um, I did a whole lot of tech in the music industry for a long time. Oh, wow. What, like what? Yeah. What did you do? Uh, so my previous company that I was involved with and started was called uh, Bluestream. And we did, we partnered with Diderio to release products to monitor an IoT for humidity in guitars. Um, we worked with Taylor Guitars wow. to build the all the stuff that's built into the Taylor Guitars to monitor, like, if you drop your guitar, it tells you, like, how to check it for damage and, like, how... Yeah, it's called Taylor Sense. We we made a bunch of their guitars smart to do all sorts of cool things with humidity, temperature, and care of guitars. My favorite feature in there that we built in is it'll actually tell you if your uh, preamp battery is going to die before you get on stage, Whoa. which is a big issue. Holy uh, shit! You're right. You're right. You're absolutely right. Like that that completely changes the game because. I never know, and like I, right? I have my acoustic, <laughs> and and all you get on my acoustic is like a little like dead battery light, and that's all it indicates. A little LED, it's like it just tells you when it's dead, and, and yeah. that's how unhelpful. Like, what good does that do <laughs> for you in the middle of a gig? Like you're already on stage, right. you're an hour in, and all of a sudden your guitar's dead. Like it's terrible. Yeah, fun. Yeah, it, I've been there <laughs> so many times. It's ridiculous. It's it's uh, what what kind of like. What what kind of like research or what kind of, I mean, what did you have to learn and do to sort of understand this? I I, I assume I I guess I shouldn't assume. Do you have any background in music? Do you have you ever played an instrument at all or just for fun? Just for... no, I mean I I play a little guitar, but yeah. nothing that is particularly talented. Um, right. But... I mean, no, I just my background is in data and <laughs> building things for data. And, you know, um, a friend of mine who is, you know, who is a musician approached me about a real problem um, that his Taylor guitar cracked. And he was like, Hey man, like my guitar cracked from humidity. Like one, I didn't know that that could happen <laughs> Two, like, like what do we do to stop this? Right. So, you know, he's just kind of a wild card kind of guy. So he just straight up emailed Bob Taylor and was like, hey, man, like, what's the deal? <laughs> and I, like that just turned into years of my life getting sucked into like, how do you build products to warn people in advance of damage? Um, so that was just a use case of collecting a lot of data about a lot of guitars in real time as people use them. 
So, so then how much do you have to go in and what's up Northbound? Thanks for joining us. How much do you have to, how much do you actually have to go in and learn about an instrument? And when you approach something like that, I mean, uh, I mean, like, I, I, I know that there's data and I know that you know how to, you know how to engineer and analyze and stuff, but like, did you have to actually like pick a guitar up? Did you have to take it apart? I mean, did you have to do anything like that to sort of get a, an idea? Oh, yeah. I mean, I even went there and watched them make guitars by hand. Oh, wow. Uh, like, you went to San Diego? Yeah, went to, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We went to El Cajon. I, I spent a lot of time out there as oh, we were working on the project. Um, but yeah, like that was, yeah, you have to understand, like to be able to do something beneficial from data. Data is just bits and bytes. Like you have to understand what it what it means, why it's why it is the way it is, and what are you trying to protect against or predict? So yeah, like I had to understand how guitars are made, what the different glues that they use, the different types of woods, different woods expand and contract differently, how it's assembled, how the different, they use different types of bracing on the inside of the guitar, which changes how it cracks and where it can crack and warp, right? All those kinds of things down to like, how much sawdust is inside a guitar? And if you have too much sawdust, will it get like inside the humidity sensor and screw it up, right? Like, you know, like weird things you never would have thought of all the way to, <laughs> The typical things like I had to learn the basics of how to play a guitar. Right? Like, yeah, just like how does somebody pick this up and hold it and use it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that that's intense, man. That's intense, especially if you come from a background that has nothing to do with that. But I suppose as an engineer, this is what you kind of have to do on a lot of the projects. I mean, you might not know how to. You might not know if you get hired onto a project. You might not know how a bolt, you know, like every aspect of a bolt. But but if you're gonna go create the next bolt, that you know, whatever, you have to kind of go in and understand that. And and you might not know anything about bolts, but yeah, adaptability. Thank you, thank you, Velo. Uh, yeah, adaptability is huge in that. So it, it's yeah. that that it's so far beyond me. <laughs> But but I, I'm really curious. How did you guys figure out how to censor? And I guess if it's out of my, if it's way out of over our heads with it, I guess we don't have to go this deep. But but like, what did you guys ultimately find out on how to censor that stuff? And it, it like, yeah, I mean, uh, we just built sensors inside the guitar, right? Like, okay. we, it seems so simple, right? right. Like, <laughs> right. I'll just put a sensor. We just. Like you want to know what the temperature your guitar is, I would just put a temperature sensor inside your guitar. Okay, like okay, yeah. that's it. We went real simple with it, right? Mm -hmm. Like we made wireless sensors, put them inside guitars, built them into the preamp circuitry, so you could monitor things, you know, like voltage and whatnot. And yeah, and then we just started wiring up to the internet and monitoring and seeing what happened. And over time, we built you know prediction models on humidity, temperature, impact. So it does things like you drop it, it'll tell you like the G forces that they hit the guitar. You know, all sorts of real cool things like that. Yeah. Wow, wow. And, and then when you do, do you have to have like do you do you like consult with like a team of experts and stuff? Like, I mean, do you or or is it just you're just yeah. going and yeah, you do. No, yeah, like I, that that's like step one is call okay. somebody who knows what they're talking about. Yeah, Bob Taylor. Yeah, we're gonna call right, Bob. Like, <laughs> we're gonna call the guy who makes the guitars. Yeah, yes. okay. That, uh, yeah, that yeah, yeah, that's exactly what we do, right? Like, I know how sensors work. I know how data works. Mm -hmm. I know how to build products. I know mm -hmm. how to build technology. But I didn't know anything about guitars, and that applies to most things in the world, right? Like when you're building building a solution call somebody who knows knows the answer right and yeah. ask them and yeah. that's the fastest way to figure it out 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, like, if I know somebody that has the answer, I, even before I, I look to Google, uh, I will, I will, I will contact them because it's just like <laughs> for me, for whatever reason. Well, I guess it's because they have the information. It's a direct form, and you don't have to go searching around for stuff. You get it straight from a source, and that just makes things work better. Teamwork makes the dream work. That is correct, Val. <laughs> so, so then. Uh, what 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 is a uh, why would you why did you want to start a company like Tiki like what what was the the precipice for for this app that you're developing? Yeah, I've I've been passionate about data since I don't know the early days of Facebook. I was worried about data, but like for you were about worried a about decade. it like you were yeah because you saw the potential and you saw i mean i guess from an engineer standpoint you see it at the ground level and you see what it yeah it's uh on the internet specifically but even more and more as technology has become very pervasive in our life we are our data mm-hmm. like the data is just a representation of you it is basically your digital identity so it's i think you can think of the amalgamation of all of your data is just a digital form of yourself and companies are using that governments are using that everybody's using that except for you to predict what you're going to do manipulate you exploit you make money they're using it for good reasons and bad reasons and you know most people just don't even think about it right like none of us think about it it's some weird vague amorphous blob of information but that information is you it's like you know, imagine if your driver's license was a everything you've ever done throughout all of your life, all on one piece of paper, and then you just God. gave it to everybody you came across <laughs> with, right? Like, yeah. that's what we're talking about on the internet. Like, right. And you're right. just like, whoopsies, this got exploited. Like, of course it did. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That it, very. It seems like it got exploited very quickly, too. I mean, because like in, in the beginning days of a company like Facebook, they didn't really even know what they had, right? Like, they didn't even understand until they sort of got into it. Or, or am I missing that? way off i mean when you're building things with data mm. it, the general thesis at least the previous thesis up until recently is or at least what i'm trying to change is you just collect data and then you see what the data says and then you make decisions against it right so yeah. facebook knew that if they had everybody's preferences around what they like didn't like who they talk to who they interact with uh it would be worth something to somebody eventually Right. They didn't have to know exactly what it was going to mean or why or how. Um, it's a lot easier to figure out those things once you've got the data. Right. Like until you have data, it's hard to know what the purpose of it's going to be. Yeah. I can um, see that. So they started out very early on just like, hey, we're going to collect all this data. I see. So they were just collecting and then and then it sort of just dawned on them. Or I mean, like, I, I mean, because like because well, the money they started to make was off of the selling of the data. I mean, did they the the, the idea? I, I guess I guess we're because from my understanding, I thought that they really didn't know what they had. They were just, like you're saying, they were just collecting data, but then the then it was like, sell this data. When did that aspect come into it? Because that's when things sort of changed. Or or is it always yeah. been? I, you know what? I don't know why I'm asking you, like, the history of Facebook. Like, it's like, <laughs> when, did, when did Mark Zuckerberg decide to start stealing everybody's shit and selling it? Okay. okay. The answer is right away. Right. right? Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, the, the, the short answer is just immediately. That was mm-hmm. always kind of wow. the plan. Okay. Right. Okay. If 
they're they're an advertiser, right? Like mm-hmm. they're they're like a billboard company, right? right? Think of Facebook like they have billboards. But those billboards are on your phone and each billboard is specific to you based on what you've done before and what you're most likely to do next. Yeah. And so, you know, if you have a lot of data about people, you know how you know how to optimize those billboards. That's that's like the the real 10 second summary of Facebook's business model, right? They use data to optimize what ad to show to who and when to get them to click the most things. And that's how they get paid. Yeah. So that was always the intention, right? Like Facebook was always going to sell ads. It was just a matter of time and they wanted to stay cool as long as possible and hit a critical mass before doing that. Right. Like that was, that was always the plan though. Okay. Okay. So, all right. And, 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 and then like, so then is, is sort of Google the first company that sort of took that business model and, and sort of implemented it? Are they kind of the first ones to do that, like on a mass scale? Or is this something that's... Yeah. Yeah. Google search. Yeah. Google, like Google ads specifically was mm. probably, is one of the earliest forms of this at mass scale mm. where based on your behavior, they were optimizing what to show to you. Right. And it's gotten so pervasive at Google that depending on what they know about you depends on what they give you as an answer to your question. Yeah. Right. It's not even just like, hey, like, here's the answer. It's like, no, no, no. Here's the answer we think you want, wow. uh, which is a totally crazy way to think about search. <laughs> it is. It really is. And and uh, when they what's really weird now is that they're limiting what you can see and limiting the information and, and limiting what people can and cannot see. And, and it's like, it's really interesting when you Google something that's like, um, you know, very, maybe a very politically driven or very hot topic culturally, you Google something in Google and then you Google and Google it, or I'm sorry, Google it. And then you search it in, in another app, like maybe like DuckDuckGo. Mm-hmm. And you see the drastic change in what they're delivering and the information that they're delivering, and and that's yeah. a, that's a very that's a very weird thing. It's very weird, but but you know, it's like a, oh please, yeah, it's all rooted in the same problem, right? The mm-hmm. the business model is the issue, right? Because yeah. they're a business and they need to right. make money. Right. And the problem that Google very quickly learned was if they gave you an answer that you found inflammatory, mm. whether it was right or wrong. The person looking at it was like, fuck you, Google, right? Like, <laughs> can I swear on this, by of the way? Of course, like, yes, okay? please. All right. Please, uh, Yeah, so people were pissed at Google, yeah. even though Google was like, I didn't, like, that's not my fault. I gave you the answer to the question, right? right? And yeah. that co- that causes them to lose business. Someone's upset with Google, they're not going to click the ads, and therefore right. they lose money. And, like, here we do, like, we just fall into this trap where they view it as critical to their business to make sure the people are most happy um, who are using it. And that's not always in line with the truth, right? right. <laughs> in fact, right. it's very out of alignment with the truth most right. often. So right. that it just starts to set a very dangerous precedent where it's not about being accurate. It's about keeping people coming back more often. Right. Um, then Facebook found it actually works also in the opposite. Um, if you upset people, they also come back more often. Right. So then you just, so then they just moved in two complete opposite directions, right? They left the center of just normalcy and they give you stuff that you want, cat videos, dog videos, and they give you like, you know, conspiracy theories that make you upset, right? right like, right. and there's the internet we have today. <laughs> yeah. And now everybody hates everybody. And, and 
Thank you. Thank you for data. Uh, but, but, but I mean, the thing about data is too, like, I, 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 I talk so much shit about it, but it's like, but there is a lot of good things that come of it. And, um, you know, like, you know, when you, when you think about like what could potentially be life-saving information, you know, like, like I heard an example of like, if you had a device that could monitor your well-being, with, you know, like a Fitbit or something, mm-hmm. and, and uh, if it could predict and, and tell when your, you know, your blood pressure is dropping and, and things are shifting in your body and it's starting to, and all of a sudden the paramedic shows up at your front door and they're like, hey, you're having a heart attack. Your little Fitbit just told us. And, and that's yeah. amazing. But on the other side of that is, um, you know, if you're trying to get life insurance and you still have that messed up ticker or something, and, and life insurance is kind of a crappy example, but like if you're trying to get insured in some way and, and, and they have that same data and they're like, hey, you had a heart attack. Nah, you know, like, and that's, and they don't even have to like go through any doctors. This is not, this isn't anything that they would have to go and, 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 and violate any doctor patient uh, policies at all because it's just data and there's no oversight on it. So it's just like, it's just there and it's just for sale. And so there, there is the, the quandary. Um, and, and, but, but that's what brings us back to, to Tiki, which is really awesome. And, and could you just sort of explain to people what Tiki is and, and sort of, uh, you know, yeah, just explain what Tiki is. That, that'd be great. Start there. Yeah. I'll start, let's start with, Kind of, you know, running off your point, like data itself isn't good or bad. It's yeah. all about how it's used, right? It's just it's just information and it can be used for great things and it can be used for terrible things. Right. Um, and it can be used all, everywhere in the middle. And we believe at Tiki, the reason, like the reason we're in this horrible mess is because users have no say in how it's used. It's just really simple. Um Companies and governments make all the choices on what happens with our data. And we as users have literally no say in the matter. You don't know what data is collected on you. I mean, you could read the terms of service and privacy policy, but like, good luck. <laughs> yeah, right. right. That, that shit's nonsense. Right. That's not going to tell you anything. Right. Um, and then like, God knows what they're actually doing behind the scenes. It's super complicated. It's changing all the time. It's not particularly safe or secure. It's like there's a million people's hands in there and it's all driven by money. Hmm. And then like, they're selling it and you're not getting paid. So what the hell, right? Like if you had a car or a house and you couldn't see the thing and you couldn't say who could come in and use your house or your car and then somebody just sold it one day and you didn't get paid for it, you'd be really upset. <laughs> yeah, right? that'd be like, a pretty bad like, day. What the hell? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> right. Like, so why don't we, why don't we get that, those same, th- those same rights when it comes to our data, right? It's really like, why do, why are we as users the, like it's our data and we have literally no say in the matter. Uh, so that that's what we set out to fix with Tiki. Like we just wanted to build something that could let users have a say in really what's going on with their data. Yeah. And, and, um, by the way, everybody, like, uh, you guys can actually, there's a link in the chat. And also for those of you listening on the audio end, there is a link in the show notes that you can go and click on and actually sign up for this. And so I'm, I'm actually just curious on where you guys are in the development process of this app. And, um, you know, I know that you need 10,000, but I know you're way past 10,000 email signups now. And, and so where are you guys at with all this and, and how far are we and, and when can people start getting paid? Yeah. (laughs) 
yeah, things move very fast, faster than we ever kind of expected. That's right? wonderful. Um, yeah, we when we set out to build Tiki, right? Like the whole idea is give users a say. Um, and so we wanted to build the company to be ultra transparent, create trust with users and be truly 100% user centric from day one. So we did things, you know, what most companies would consider backwards, which is we told the world what we were doing before we did it. Mm. <laughs> um, like normally when you're starting a company, right, you come up with an idea, you get some co-founders, you build a product, you raise some money, you sign up some customers, and then you right. tell users about it, right? Like right, right. that's the traditional path. We did the opposite. We just told people like, hey, we want to do this thing. Um, <laughs> like, and we didn't do any of the other parts. We just went to the, the last step and told everyone. Um, I mean, it's a great was, idea. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, there you go. We wanted people to know about it. Um, and we wanted their say early on before, before we made a decision about what we were going to build or how we were going to sell data or raise any money. We wanted user input on like, what do they like? What don't they like? What do they want? What don't they want? Does this actually make sense to them? So we just put it out there and started signing up people with the original goal that we need we needed 10,000 people initially to hit a critical mass where we had enough data that we could actually create insights, right? Because if you took my data and your data and put it together, it's not not very meaningful, right? right. Like no one really cares. <laughs> right, uh, right. We needed, we needed 9,998 other people to put with yours and my data before it started make, like being meaningful that we could sell and get users paid for it. And we thought it might take us, you know, upwards of a year, maybe longer to get 10,000 people to sign up to participate in the app. Um, I mean, I've launched a lot of apps in my career and it's very, I've launched apps with major like multi-billion dollar brands and it takes a long time to get, yeah. uh, you know, get even 10,000 people to install your app. Just like yeah. we all got a lot of apps. It's hard to get someone to care about your app. Um, and it just kind of caught on a bit like wildfire, right? Like we signed up 10,000 people in under two months. Um, we crossed 50,000 people uh, this week, signed up for the wait list. And we're looking like we're going to probably cross about 100,000 people in May. Wow. So that's very exciting. Growth is just shooting off the charts. That's um, wonderful. It's, yeah, it's really awesome, which has opened the doors for a lot of things we can do, right? Like um, originally when we were going to, it was just going to be 10,000 people. I, I was just going to personally program the whole thing. Right? Like that was just <laughs> okay. like, whatever, like it can take a few months. It's fine. Right. Like I just, I'll make it all myself. Um, but now we have so many people. It's like, it's you can't tell a hundred thousand people. They got to wait three months. Right. Like it's just too many people uh, to try and explain to them. Like, Hey, I'm one guy. I like, yeah. I need some sleep sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, I like, we got to hire some more engineers. Um, so I'm going to try and raise some money coming up. Uh, we're going to raise a bunch of money in May, hire more engineers. So the, the key to that is right. Like everybody listening, please sign up. The more people that sign up, the bigger our growth, the more money we can raise, the faster I can get everybody the product, right? Yeah. Like the more people involved, the more all of our data is worth, the more we can all get paid, the more control we get, right? Like the bigger we get, the faster we get, the more we can do for the users. So really the we're just trying to get as many people to pay attention and care about us as possible um, and then turn that into a little bit of investment so we can hire a team of engineers so we can get uh, what is an amazing roadmap my my co-founder Anna has put together just like we've got so many amazing features that we're just trying to get out as fast as possible. But sadly I can barely type fast enough. Well, I mean, 
it's interesting that things are moving so fast for you. Are you, um, are you, are, are you feeling, are you feeling overwhelmed? I mean, like just that growth, you know, like, and like, like you just said that you, uh, you've launched apps in the past and for big brands and stuff. So, I mean, is this, is this sort of an overwhelming experience for you to sort of see the growth kind of happen this quickly or is, is it just, or is it just motivating you to push harder? It's energizing. Yeah. I mean, I want to go faster. I think <laughs> yeah. we're, I don't think we're going fast enough, right? Like yeah, that's yeah. what I that's what I keep telling the team every day. We got to go faster. <laughs> <laughs> go go go. <laughs> so no, I think it's it's awesome. Like um, they, you very rarely in life, like at least what I found is most of the time as an engineer, you're you're the person out front leading and try to drag along markets and brands and companies and people and you're trying to convince everyone why why what you're doing is important it's like you're pulling the whole world along it's very rare that you get to work on something where the whole world is like go faster like everybody's like how do we get this how do we use it they're pushing me to go faster every day uh so it's it's really exciting so then what so then how are you um so I'm 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 just I'm curious on how you guys uh, do you guys have a, a something in place that isn't going to like cuz you guys are growing bigger and you're getting and it's going pretty fast for you guys um you know at the beginning Google had the don't do evil thing and and, and so like I'm I'm curious you know not to say that you're about to blow up and be evil or anything <laughs> uh, uh but but like do you have things in place that sort of st- that that stop you guys from being able to sort of look at personal data and look and and, and view this personal data and and you know is there is there I'm sorry I'm not I don't have the words I'm not an engineer so uh, I know I know exactly what you. you're asking Please. yeah it's, <laughs> thank you <laughs> it's it was it is super critical mm-hmm. and it was one of the most important things to us to immediately set out the foundation because once you like. You have to get the foundation right because when you have 200, 500, 1,000 employees, you're Google, you have tens of thousands of employees, right? right? Like you can't just, you can't just operate on a like, we all, we're all going to do the right thing, right? Like somebody somewhere is going to do something shady, whether it be to save their job or to make some money or get a bigger commission or whatever, right? Like any number of things. One of the first pressures you learn very quickly is when you take money from investors, it all comes with strings, right? Like- (sighs) Yeah. Number one being they want more money back. <laughs> yeah. So like like it, it's all fun and games to be like, yeah, we're building all this for the users. But if you take a bunch of investment and you're not generating revenue back from the investors, they're going to be like, you know, all right, guys, how are we doing this to make more money? Like, right. So it, it, it all comes with strength. So you have to lay the foundation really, really early and really strong. Um, so we did a few things. One, 100% of our code is open source. Um, oh, wow. Just, yeah, we've open sourced everything we do, and we've actually taken that transparency to a whole other level of our company where we publish blogs and articles on literally everything, who we're raising money from, how we're raising money. I published our investor briefs, like investor decks. We published our roadmap. I published our architecture for how we design code um, and the code itself. It's all open source, so you know it comes out of a belief that in a trustless world, don't hide anything, right? So mm-hmm. at the very least, you can always see what we're doing. Like there is no, there's no secret anything. All of our code is out there. So you could always check and be like, hey, you're doing something that you shouldn't be doing. Um, and, and, so- and and as I understand, you, you guys are operating on a blockchain, right? 
and and so that also has ledgers that are able to you're able to go back and check as well. Um, yeah, blockchain is a big piece of what we're doing. So to give users true auditability, right? Mm-hmm. Um, every transaction, anytime somebody accesses your data, right, using Tiki, it's all logged on a blockchain, um, and so that way you can see what's happened to your data over time mm-hmm. um, and you can stop access, you can revoke access, all of the really cool things that come with having, you know, truly an audit trail. Mm. Yeah. But, but I'm sorry, I, I kind of jumped in there, but like sort of what are the things that you, besides the transparency and putting out open source, is there anything else that you sort of are, are, are is sort of a, a protection against people and their, in the privacy yeah. from you guys even? Yeah. From us. Yeah. That's like, if you can protect people from us, then you can protect people from everybody else, right? Like, yeah, yeah. that's like, that's that's the idea. I and so you. we took a crazy approach where we just don't have any of your data, right? Like, yeah. it comes from an old old engineering philosophy of, like, if you don't think you've been hacked, you've been hacked. Right. So we just took the approach of, we don't have your data, right? Like, mm. we like the whole thing is designed so none of your personal data ever goes into our cloud. We don't even have your email address, right? Like, it's all just, like, the only thing we have is, like, we have anonymous information around who you want to sell and to what. Everything else is either uh, end-to-end encrypted on a blockchain and sharded across your phones, or it's literally stored on your phone itself. So mm. all of your personal data, we keep on your phone at all times, right? Like we don't take it off your phone, it's encrypted and on your phone. And we actually, in the engineering world, they call, when you run an algorithm on something, it's called a model generally. And so normally what happens is like, we like, we use Facebook or we use Google and they take all our data and then they sell all our data to a broker and the broker sells all of our, all of your data to a bunch of other companies, right? Okay. And those companies run algorithms on them to predict your behavior. Well, with Tiki, we do the opposite. We run those algorithms on your phone and send the resulting insight out to the world. Okay. So that way, when a company accesses, wants to know something about the users, they don't know you in specific and they don't have access to your information. They just have access to a resulting anonymous insight. So everything we do is built to keep all of your identity on your phone, in your pocket, and not in our cloud. So that way it's it's truly safe, right? Like yeah. it's temporary, it's encrypted, and it's only there on your phone. <laughs> well, so, you know, like on your phone, when you're saying that, you know, I think of people who can sort of access your phone as well. And, and so how do you how do you protect yourself against that? Or, or is it is it pretty safe on your phone? I, I'm Maybe I, it's very hard to hack your phone. Like it's exceptionally hard to to hack a phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, in general, like we also just use all of the typical stuff that you'd expect, right? So it's encrypted on your phone, mm-hmm. right? So every user has their own personal encryption key that encrypts their data. Gotcha. So it's not like we have an encryption key and we can decrypt it. There's not like right. one secret key that can unencrypt everybody's right. it data. It works so like all as users. Oh, it works like a like a wallet, like an online wallet that you'd keep your Bitcoin or something in there. Right? Yeah, exactly. It works mm-hmm. just like that, and it's but and then it's only on your phone. So okay. on your phone, you also have two factor authentication. So okay. if you have an iPhone Face ID or you know you've got a thumbprint, plus you've got we use email authorization, which means that you have to have your email plus identity mm-hmm. to actually get into the app. 
Gotcha. Right. So you've got two factor authentication. You've got uh, encrypted and it's local and it's only in your pocket. Plus, you've then got, you know, the Android and iOS encryption as well. Mm-hmm. So you've got a lot of levels of security on your phone um, to the point where the biggest risk to your phone uh, being hacked is like you lose your phone, in which case you find my iPhone and just erase your data, right? right. So you've got remote erase capabilities. Um or the people who usually get into your phone is like your girlfriend, right? Like, <laughs> so like, and I can't help you there. Like, right. That's how you all be. <laughs> you know, like that's, that's a whole other problem that you got to deal with. So right, like, right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, well, you know, like, uh, Apple just recently did the, they, they have a, a privacy, a data privacy policy that they sort of started implementing. And, um, yeah, what what's your thoughts on that? You know, comparative to like the Android or, or Google model. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I'm using the right words, but hey, we're going. Yeah, close enough. Sure. Uh, Here yeah, we go. I mean, yeah, you'll hear it called ATT. Mm-hmm. So app tracking transparency is okay. the Apple thing. And I view it as a major step forward um, in the world. It's mm-hmm. got you know its own issues, as does any big policy like that. Um, number one being it's nearly impossible to enforce from a technical standpoint, right? Like, you know, Apple has a view into what happens on your, in your app and on the phone, but once the data sent to somebody's cloud, what are you going to do? Like, you can't really stop it. I mean, and all the big companies are already working around it, right? Like, you know, there was a big article published around like P&G spending like a hundred million dollars a year doing weird tracking tech testing in china like to try and get around you know figure out how to get around this snapchat publicly was like hey we figured out how to do this get around it right? like, <laughs> so like, like you know people are just gonna get around it right like that's one of the problems is if you just shut off data mm. and not provide some alternative method like tiki mm. um mm. <laughs> Shameless promotion, but please if you don't, shamelessly promote. if you don't <laughs> if you don't provide a way that still pro- gives businesses the data they need, they're just going to figure out ways to get around it, right? So you really need a solution that both maintains user privacy and still gives them the data they need. Right. Otherwise, like the first thing they're going to do is just figure out a way around it, right? Uh, so yeah. I think there's there's a lot of room for improvement in how it's implemented and how it comes about. It does one truly amazing thing. Every user gets a pop-up now on the app that says, "Opt like do not track, request not to track. Yeah. And even if that request not to track like technically means just this one type of identifier in this one use case, good luck explaining to my mom that she pressed the do not track button and then still got tracked from some other way, right? right. She's going to be upset, right? Mm-hmm. Like the coolest thing about it is you have massive user awareness. Like, upwards of a billion people are going to suddenly opt out of things and be aware and think about their data. Like uh, people who never considered their data all of a sudden are going to go pop to this, hey, this app wants to track you. And they're going to go, no, I don't want that, right? Like the awareness level of the average person is just going to skyrocket. And that's going to create more change in the market, right? The fastest way to get any business to do something is to get their users upset. Right, like <laughs> upset people yeah. create change, right? Yeah, like that's yeah. it's that simple, and right. that's what this is going to do. That's what these changes are going to do, um, and for that, I am so excited. <laughs> yeah, that that that's awesome, and and so 
with with Tiki and because you because you mentioned that with if you don't have an alternative to that or like Tiki, you're an alternative. Uh, what when you when people sign up and when the app is in play, is how is it going to be an easy type thing? Because you know, like some of these. Some of these terms of service, you know, you mentioned it earlier, you know, no one's reading terms of service. And there's no way to get like a real informed uh, idea uh, unless you have like a law degree. It, to, it, there's no way of getting a really informed idea on what they're actually taking, what they're actually doing. Uh, how is that? Is, is your is your app going to have a terms of service like that? Uh, how are you going to be able to simplify it for people so they understand exactly what's going on? And then and then I guess we can move on to the sort of the interface of the app. I mean, how easy do you expect it to be for people to use? Because, I mean, l l you're talking to me. I, I, I'm a musician. I'm kind of a dipshit on everything else. So, like, you just saw me struggle with I, I, uh, Instagram Live. Mm -hmm. Okay, that, that was sad. It was sad that I just struggled with Instagram Live. So how easy is it for people going to understand? Is it going to be easy for people to understand? And, and then, I guess, how easy is it going to be able for people to use the app itself? I keep saying yeah, easy. See. I don't – it seems like a, a lazy word. Right. It, <laughs> it, but it's the right word. Okay, like, works. Easy is the right word. It's the only way to make something like this actually work. Right, is to make it easy. Um, it's not that any of any one data like data doesn't have to be complicated. We've made it we we've made it complicated as engineers and businesses for you know accidentally and misguided reasons. Um, <laughs> but it doesn't have to be right. Like the whole idea is that if you made it easy, everybody could make a decision. Mm. And that's the crux of what we're trying to do at Tiki. And will we get it right from day one? No. But our goal is to make it as easy as possible for people to quickly make decisions about their data. And it it has to be easy for a whole bunch of reasons. Um, one, no one wants to spend more time thinking about it than they have to. Right. right. The goal is to spend as little time as possible interacting with our app. Yeah. Um, we're going after, We believe that data is a universal problem. So we launched and announced our app and every we had people from 185 countries sign up for our app. Wow. We just said anywhere in the world you can use this thing. We had to build it very specially to be to work in every country, but the whole idea is it can work anywhere and you can't make your app complicated if you want somebody in if you want someone in the United States to have the same experience as we have five users in Swaziland. Not entirely <laughs> sure where Swaziland is. I, I yeah, I've never Africa, even heard of it. Oh, but, okay. There you go. <laughs> but their experience with data and knowledge of data is very different than the United States yeah. and the Philippines. And we have a bunch of users in Nigeria and Egypt and Pakistan. And we have users all over the world who are passionate about actually having a say over their data and earning money from their data. Uh, so you have to build an experience that works everywhere. And the only way to do that is to make it super easy, right? Like yeah. um, it reminds me of my, like my favorite first product launch ever was Snapchat mm. because it had two screens. You could take a picture and you can send it to somebody. <laughs> like it's impossible to screw that up. Like, <laughs> that's it. There's right. only two things. <laughs> like, right, right. Take pictures, send it. Right, right. <laughs> right? Like so it has to be that kind of level of simple and it can be that level of simple. Um, all of the all of the hard stuff is actually already out there. For example, 
people can turn off facial recognition tracking in Facebook. No one knows that you can turn it off. Yeah. Right. I didn't know that it's buried in one of their like 20 settings menus. Like, I don't know how that app has so many settings, menus, <laughs> but it does. Yeah. And there's so many settings yeah. for so many different things. And it's named something really weird, like auto facial tagging, something, something, something. Right. Right. So no one knows what it is, but if you just popped up on someone's phone, would you like to turn off facial recognition tracking? If you do so, Facebook will stop auto-tagging you in pictures. Yes or no? That's all it has to be. It doesn't have to be complicated, right. right? Like, that's a very easy thing. You could just ask people and just let them do it. And they could just turn it on and off and make it easy for someone to make a choice, yeah. an actually informed choice. That's that's really all it comes down to. Right. If you can do that, then everything else unlocks. Yeah. And then, so, like, I got someone, they, they want a live demo. I don't know how we would do a live demo, Dutchman. It's, it's not. But but the, you're like, especially the ka-ching-ching part. Um, <laughs> so then, so then, so we got this easy interface. You got these easy terms of service to understand. And this, this, is this something that sort of runs in the background? So if you are on Facebook, like it just runs in the background and it pops up on Facebook. It's like, do you want to turn this off? Or is it something that you have to, to uh, work in the app to do? No, the goal is you just kind of set it up one time and it's there. You can use it as much as you want, but, you know, the goal is to be closer to your calculator than, like, you know, a social media mm, app I where it. you log in, you just set it up. You can link whatever accounts you want to link to it. You don't have to link all your accounts. They're not going to just spy on all your data. You choose what you want to link. You can link your Facebook account. You can link your Gmail. You link whatever accounts you want to link to it, and we do a couple things. We show you what data the companies are collecting on you from those accounts. Um, we give you – we make it real easy to understand what your privacy control settings are for that app specifically, right? Like, here's your different options. Here's what you can turn on and off, right? And then we say, you can sell, this is how much that data is worth. And if you'd like to sell it, here's the options on how you can sell it and to who. Um, and we make that, and that's it. And you set it up and then you're kind of done. Like, you don't have to do it again, right? Like, we'll send you a push notification once in a while if there's some new privacy feature or some new setting you can change or if we think there's a way that you could make more money, right? Like, you know, make it easy, but... No, like the the idea is you don't need to like, we're not trying to build an app where you got to open this thing like once a day to deal with it. Like nobody, nobody wants that for their data, right? Like, you know, if I could, I'd make, I'd make it so you didn't even have to install the app, right? Like (laughs) if I could figure (laughs) out how to do that, I'd do that. (laughs) Well, I mean, it would be interesting to be able to, uh, to, to work that out where it just becomes, it's just encoded into the phones and the devices you buy. I mean, but you know, Hey, the the sky's the limit, right? Um, (laughs) we, we had a question, uh, from the chat and, and, uh, you know, I think this is a pretty legit and uh, straightforward question is uh, what's in it for you. And, and, uh, so how do you guys make money? And uh, sure. and then he also asked, uh, uh, is there a service fee uh, or cost for, to use yeah. the app? Yeah, no cost to users, right? Like, this is just, we believe everybody on the internet deserves this basic right. Like, inalienable right to control, see, and monetize your data, right? Like, just very basic rights. So we just believe that's a universal just everybody should have that. So we're never going to charge for those features. Um, we may eventually someday add some cool subscription features. I don't know. Who knows, right? Mm-hmm. But honestly, like the, the plan is to make it free, give everybody those basic rights. We make data or we make money when you sell data. So if somebody sells 
data via Tiki to a business. We charge that business a transaction fee. We don't take money out of your pocket as the user. We pass 100% of the revenue back to you. We charge an additional uh, transaction fee, just like, you know, a visa, right? Like, so when you when you swipe your credit card at a store or whatever, Visa charges the store like around 3% for processing that transaction. So the business gets the revenue and then they pay a transaction fee on top of it. Same basic idea here, right? Like, so if you sell your data to a business, um, let's say you sell it for $100, we'll charge the business a 10% transaction fee. So the business pays us $10, you get $100. Gotcha. So. Yeah. So in these beginning day, oh, and, and, and Matt appreciates the straightforward answer. Um, <laughs> but uh, once you're, you know, once the app is, uh, and by the way, is, is the app, uh, is the app up? Is the beta up? Uh, I'm, I'm just, I signed up for it a while ago, but I, you know, I, I'm, I'm yeah. not sure how it, how we're it. very slowly allowing more and more people to install, install the beta. Mm-hmm. Um, so, we're doing a few, again, we're doing things quite differently. And because our team is small, we have so many people, yeah. right? I can't just give all 50,000 people the app, first of all, <laughs> right. because by the way, I can't mm-hmm. accept that many Discord DMs. Like my <laughs> DMs are already full of people like, hey, fix this bug. Can you add this feature, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So we're very slowly letting more I and more see. people into it um, as the team grows, right? Like, because right now, I just get all of those requests wow. and I'm going a little crazy. Um, you know, we got about a thousand people using it and we're slowly adding more and more people. Okay. Um, so as we get further and further along, more and more people will be able to install it as the app gets more and more mature, right? Mm-hmm. Like right now it's got a ton of bugs. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to give it to 50,000 people who all are going to have bugs and all DM me, right? Like yeah. as, as we fix a bunch of bugs in it, more and more people will get it and it'll become more and more robust. We're also doing, What's a little different than a typical release program, it's called an incremental software release, where we try and every week add a new feature or fix another major bug. So every week the app gets a little better, right? So right now there's only really two features in the app, right? You can sign up and actually anonymous, you can create an anonymous account with full cryptography registered on our blockchain, all of the security set up, and you get a referral code that you can recommend to friends. Um, that's the first two features we built. The next feature that we're trying to get out next week would be add Gmail integration. So you can actually see what data Google's collecting on you via your email, which is a treasure trove of information, by the way. Like mm-hmm. email is notoriously not secure and full of God knows how much data, right? Like it's so much data is in your email. Uh, so that's where we're starting. But that's the first one that'll roll out. Um, and we're just going to start building uh, knowledge graphs on that data and allowing users to start monetizing it. So, you know, over the next couple of months, pe- more and more people will get it as more and more features roll out. And so that's why it's important for people to sort of get in on the ground level right now and sign up so you can be one of those people who gets, uh, you know, first dibs on this and, and monetize and start making money. And I mean, like even beyond like for me, I love Tiki beyond the monetization because it's just, you know, like I've always wondered, like it's like every since I've even become aware of big data and, and all that, that sweeping term. But uh, it's like, I was like, how in the hell do you even protect yourself against this shit? How do you even go out into the, you know, like, how do you, how do you protect yourself against it? So I really, really dig that. And that's why, I mean, like, I, I, I'm sincerely excited about this. So then what do you guys seeing as, um, as, as the app starts to roll out and stuff? What do you see people, 
how much money do you see people making in in the first you know days of the of of the app as people start getting it and then um where how how far do you think you can go and tammy thank you so much for that host i appreciate it yeah i think so we're aiming to get people about ten dollars a month on average um out of the gate so it it will depend on how much data you want to like you can go. You can use Tiki to become truly anonymous on the internet, right, and not share any data. And so, so we would dumb. get paid zero dollars for it, right? Like, um, or you can make money, right? Like, yeah. so if you average it all out, you know, somewhere around ten dollars a month to start with. Our goal is to drive it upwards of a hundred dollars a month um, by within about a year or so. Your data is worth. It's your data is worth a surprising amount, but it's worth very little to each buyer, right? Mm. So the trick isn't that. Like, very, no company is going to pay me $100 for my data, especially if they have, like, a million customers, right? Like, right. they don't have $100 million to buy data, right? Like, <laughs> that's that's not how that works, right? right? But companies will pay a dollar for your data or 50 cents, and there's 30 million small businesses in the United States. So it's a matter of, like, can you make data available to businesses in the right form that they can put it to use at very large scale? So, you know, we're talking lots and lots of pennies eventually equals hundreds of dollars a month, which equals thousands of dollars a year, mm. right? Um, so the trick is really like, can we make it so that way lots of users are available to lots of businesses? <laughs> stock data? Just, I, I don't, stock market data? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, so then, do you do you ever see it growing beyond a hundred dollars a month as as it gets bigger, or is it something? Is that is that just sort of your baseline, wh- what you're going with right now in the beginning days here? That's where I think we can get to with the current world and how it uses data. Um, ultimately, it will go way past there, right? Like every year that we've been using the internet as a society. Are the value user data has gone up. So the value has gone up, the availability of it has gone up as businesses use it for more and more things, right? My favorite example is like probably 75 to 90% of all of the use cases businesses have for data is to advertise today. But if you were to look at it at a company's P&L, they spend on average 2 to 3% of their budget on advertising. So if you could make data useful for customer support, for product development, for operations, for finances, for all the other pieces of it, right? Like companies will value it more and use more of it, right? So we're at the, we're very early in terms of data, right? Like very small number of companies use it for a lot of things and they only use it for really a tiny percentage of those things. Mm. So as we move forward, companies are going to use more and more data. And there's, by the way, no way to stop that from happening. So that's why we as users need to like have a say in it, right? Like right. you can't say it's not going to happen. So we better get a say in how it's happening. Um, and so as that happens, your data is just going to increase in value dramatically, like in like very dramatically, very quickly. Yeah, I mean, I, I can definitely. I mean, it's just it's it's getting crazy. It, it it is definitely getting crazy out there with what what's being taken and and w- with the I mean, like what when you start looking into this and you see like you know not all these companies can afford like the the top analysts and the top you know like so you're kind of getting whoever or you're getting outsourced or you don't know who's who's even looking at this and and so this lack of oversight. 
is is incredible especially in the you know this is a private sector type thing and and but they're they're handling very sensitive information do you think that that this is something that should be sort of um, federally regulated? Do you think it's something that can be regulated? Uh, do you think that, that the government should step in and sort of mitigate in some way, especially when we're talking about sensitive data and, and God knows who is looking at it? You know, like, what's your thoughts on that? So let's start with the government is trying to, mm-hmm. right? Like, it's not that they're not trying to. Um there's, uh, let's, well, let me answer it like this. The government does not have your best interests in mind. So, <laughs> right, like that's, it's that simple, right? Like if you think the government's got your best interest in mind, you're crazy. So right. it's not like, like, yes, they're going to try and regulate things. Mm-hmm. Um, will they successfully? I have very little faith in that just mm-hmm. given how fast technology moves, right. right? Like, you know, GDPR is like, you know, like that's what everybody trumpets out in the world. They're like, yeah, GDPR, user data privacy, right? Yeah. But that thing is ten years antiquated already, and it doesn't even make it doesn't work for blockchain, which is where the whole, like anything that's on a blockchain is no cannot apply to how GDPR works, yeah. right? Because it's decentralized. Like the whole right. point of data with GDPR is it's centralized in Europe and then extracted by the user, right? You can't just have it on people's distributed across thousands of computers. But right. So it doesn't even work with the fundamental technology of things wow. that how the world's moving. So the government can't keep up. It's just not possible. It's not how governments work. They're meant to be slow. And by the way, we want slow-moving governments. You probably don't want a fast-moving government. That would probably be pretty, be pretty, pretty scary, right? Like, who knows what's going to happen, right? Like, right. Um, So they're going to do things and they will continue to do things, but the technology and the market's going to move much faster as it always does, um, which puts users at risk, right? So users really need some way to make their voices heard and make sure that it goes in, in the right direction. Uh, I think that's like probably the biggest, biggest worry I have, right? Like, I mean, we've got crazy technologies on the horizon, right? Like, you know, you've seen what I'm sure people have seen what Elon Musk's doing over with the Neuralink, Neuralink right? Like, yes. uh, like if you think you got a lot of data today, imagine your brain being plugged into the, <laughs> the internet, right? Like, <laughs> so, right. Like, what are you going to do then? <laughs> yeah. 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 How does Tiki, how does Tiki scale to that? <laughs> I don't know. We'll cross that bridge when we get there, right? No, um, it actually scales really well because all we're trying to do is let you as a user make a decision around what happens with your data, mm. right? We're not we're not out here trying to stop the data collection. Mm. We're not out here trying like we're not out here to make you anonymous. Even we're we're here to make it so you have a choice in what happens with your data. Yeah. So more data is going to get created on you. We're not going to stop that. I don't think we should stop that. What we want to do is allow users to decide what happens with their data. Yeah. Um, it's the it's the best way, at least in my opinion, to ensure that probably something good happens, right? Like, <laughs> will it always go right? No, because people will make bad decisions. People always yeah. make bad decisions, right? Or and not even bad decisions, just when you're faced with two bad decisions. Let's say, like, you need money. Mm-hmm. And but you don't want to give up your privacy. You might you know make a choice that you defer, prefer not to. But right. I'm just a strong believer that allow users to choose. If you always give users choice, at least then the responsibility lies with them. Um, a lot, each one of us can make what's the best choice for us at any given moment in time. 
And so I just think we we're, we deserve that same right when it comes to our data. We have that same right when it comes to everything else we own, mm-hmm. right? Like you choose what happens with your phone, right? Like no one's over there just like, hey, we're taking your phone away today. Like, right. That doesn't happen, right? right. Like mm-hmm. it's yours. <laughs> So, um, yeah. let's see, we, we got a couple questions here. Um, how about publishing my needs and selling it? Like I need a new dry condenser tumble dryer internet. <laughs> okay. I don't know if that's a real, <laughs> I don't know if that's a real question. Okay. How about publishing my needs? Is I, okay. Okay. That, that, I don't think that was a real question, but maybe, uh, <laughs> but thank sure. you. It uh, kind of is right. Like yeah. that's, that's so, like when you go on Amazon, that's kind of what you're doing. Right? Exactly. You're, you're searching for something. You're making the world aware. Like mm. here it is. I, I like the idea of just being like crowdsourcing, like supply, like, Hey, you guys tell me like, like you're basically having a bidding war on who can have my business. That's <laughs> as a user. It's a cool idea. Instead of a promo. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Dutchman. I, he Dutchman, That was a serious, that was a serious question. Yeah. Instead of a profile. Um, I guess I'm not uh, I'm not understanding the question. I guess um, I get what he's saying though, mm-hmm. right? Like instead of so the idea in Dutchman, correct me if I if I get this wrong, but I think what you're saying is instead of companies tracking what you're doing and making a decision around what they think you want, let you publish to the world like, hey, this is what I'm looking for. You can give me content around this thing mm. because it's what I'm looking for. Um, and flip the paradigm from them trying to predict what you want and what's in best their best interest and let the users say, hey, this is what I want to consume. Hmm. Uh, so, I mean, look, moving Dutchman, he said, you got it. Uh, and then so is, is that something that Tiki would be able to do? Uh, I mean, I think sky's the limit, right? Like we at Tiki, we don't we have we we let users choose what features we build, right? Yeah. And like, do not take the features we have in the app as like, I picked those. Like we, <laughs> we crowdsourced them. We stuck yeah. them up on the internet. We're letting people vote on features, right? Like yeah. if you want, you could go to feedback.mytiki.com and you could just submit a feature, right? Like, so like we're going to build the features users want. And so if a lot of people want that feature um, and businesses are super happy to participate, we'd love to build it, right? Like I think it's, I think it's a very cool idea. Um, I don't know that, like you probably can't completely replace the other, but it's definitely valuable, right? Like mm. um, the old sales, like the the trick they teach you in sales is don't try and sell somebody something they don't want. Find somebody who wants what you're selling and then give it to them at a price that they're willing to afford, yeah. right? Like that's the old sales trick, right? Like it, you don't, like the, the joke of selling ice to an Eskimo or Right. Like it's, right. it doesn't make it like that's not how sales work. You find somebody wants what you have first. And so as a user, if you're like, this is what I want, you know, you can definitely you can like that's that's high value information at the very least. So it's a very cool feature. Yeah. That's awesome. Northbound Matt, thank you so much for that four-month subscription. You're, you're just a doll. You're an angel. I love you, buddy. Uh, we got another question from the chat here. Oh, okay. And Moving Dutchman, I think, yes, maybe combined with profile and location, et cetera, et cetera. See, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's these, these. Well, there you go. Go put in your suggestions. And I know I should have. <laughs> thank you for that woo random mistake. <laughs> uh, I turned off the alerts, guys, because I wanted to, because I, I knew we were going to be talking a lot of stuff that was going to kind of go over my head. And I wanted to make sure that I was, I was in it. So 
turn it, I turned off the <laughs> note, notifications, yeah. Uh, but uh, he mentioned how Google has a lot of people, uh, people's data already. Won't companies try to obtain, pre, obtain pre-existing data for free on people rather than paying for it? So you can't really obtain data for free. You mm. can either pay Google for it mm. or you can pay the users. Um, and when you pay Google for it, you get less good data, less accurate, and it's old, honestly, right? Like, so what we've found by talking to businesses is they do business, like, it's not like they want to go to Google. They just don't have an alternative. Uh, so if you can make, a company would much rather prefer to buy data from its customers who are happy about it mm. than from other sources. So it's all about making good quality information available ethically, right? Mm. Um you know, we've seen this in markets like, take like uh, the drug market, for example, right? Like cannabis in the United States, at least. Like, by making it legal and transparent and regulated, consumers won, right? The the whole thing got cleaned up. We had less shady business going on. We've had less crime. Just look at all the crazy metrics that came out of, out of Denver, right? Like, yeah. it just... It was unbelievable the transformative success it was simply by just making it a open and transparent market. Same thing will happen when you do it with data, right? Like people, like businesses don't want to be doing sketchy things because it just upsets their customers, which ends up losing customers. So if you give them a good ethical solution that's reasonably affordable, they, they, they will gladly participate. And by the way, like these days, the only data that matters is today's data, right? Mm. Like yesterday, like the further back in time your data goes, the less relevant it is, the harder it is to find what matters it because like there's a massive tail on the, like the, it just exponentially decays like radiation in terms of the value. Wow. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So like in, in <clears throat> is that kind of what was happening with Cambridge Analytics? Because, you know, I looked into it and especially when it was going on and with the election and all, were they... Was Cambridge Analytics sort of accessing people's data without, without I don't know necessarily paying for it or but there was what was what was the shadiness involved in the Cambridge Analytics scandal with Facebook? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it, there's a couple things that are shady, but mm -hmm. let's start with how it was more or less intended to go down, mm -hmm. which is they purchased access to data from Facebook, right? Like that's okay. like short, like really short answer. Like Facebook granted them access to users data without the users knowing about it per se, um, which is why users got super upset when Cambridge Analytica did shady things with that data, right? right. Like, so Facebook effectively sold it to Cambridge Analytica, right? And they, they sold it. Like, it's not like you and me could just call Facebook and get access to data. So <laughs> right. it's not like, right? Like, um, Cambridge Analytica was paying for that, okay. that right, as well as they were exploiting a bunch of other known workarounds and issues with Facebook system. I, I, so there was also like a whole bunch of like, you know, like well-known, but not really how you're supposed to do it, right? Like in this gray area when it comes to APIs. And you see a lot of these out there where people are using APIs that companies put out there that aren't really the intended use case. Uh, Cambridge Analytica was doing a lot of that, right? So Facebook, it's questionable who knew what, right? Like I can't really speculate on who knew what, but right. all I can say is like 
they said they were using the data for one reason. Facebook said, okay, you can have access to it for this reason, for this price, for this whatever. And then they were using that data and they did something else with it, right? And that was really the root of where all things went wrong. Yeah. And, and for people that don't know the story about Cambridge Analytica, what went wrong? If you could just briefly put it to get, put it out there, <laughs> the ginormous leak of everyone's information that that, that one there that, that which well, the it was five hundred million people or something yeah. right yeah it was it was a it was insane leak man it was it was nuts um, I remember that when it came out and and was that was that the when they called Zuckerberg up and and like they were. Um, in Congress and, and like the congressmen were getting them mixed up with like Jack Dorsey and like, and they didn't even know, like, I mean, that's another oh. problem too with government and, and trying to get on top of this is that you have all these, oh, yes, you missed the salad galley, <laughs> Epilid, uh, uh, the, it, you know, we have these dinosaurs, these ancient dinosaurs that are that are making laws and trying to understand what's happening in this technology that's moving much faster than they even understand. And so yeah. how do you as a government kind of even get their uh, wrap their heads around it when they don't even understand it themselves? And they're calling this dude, you know, Zuckerberg, you know, the dude confusing him with another CEO for another company. Yeah, I mean, the my favorite one, right, is uh, they got... They've got a uh, is it Sundar Pichai from uh, Google on like up there, and they're interview they're like interrogating him and asking him questions about like you know what happens on his iPhone. He's like, man, I don't make that. That's a different company. Yes, like, I yes. Like, that's, like I work for Google. That's, that's I don't know. What you, like I can't yes. give you an answer on what happens right, on your iPhone, right. man. Like, yes, exactly. <laughs> right? Yeah, yes. Like that is a pro. Like, and I don't know of any good way you solve that. Right. Like it's yeah. just. There is no way that tech, that the government can ever keep up with technology. Like, are you crazy? Like, you got people again. You got people like Elon Musk building computers that are going to get plugged into people's brains. We're still trying to figure out like the basics of autonomous driving, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. like we're just we're in two completely different ballparks. Yeah, yeah so, absolutely right. Yeah. We're, we're speaking of that again. Where, where do you think that's going to go? You think that's going to have positive results? I mean, from from your perspective, how how does You're talking about like Neuralink? Neuralink, yeah. yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it could go wonderfully or terribly. <laughs> like it's it's not going to go like down the middle. That's for sure. <laughs> <Right>? like, <laughs> I mean, it could it could be amazing because you have really cool things that no one ever would have thought possible, like intent. Right? Mm-hmm. You can communicate right. intent. You can understand pain and emotion um you can communicate like i mean if you think we talk communicate now quickly i mean you could talk about you can communicate instantaneously anywhere in the world it's to change change everything it could change it could cure theoretically it could cure all sorts of neurological disorders it could cure emotional disorder. it could cure like so many things right it could also just like you know we could all just become a i don't know a weird AI sentient thing that destroys the human race. Like it could go horribly. <laughs> so I like could easily go horribly too. <laughs> I, do, do you, are you one of those? What, what side are you on with AI? Are you, are you one of those? So like, uh, cause I, I think, I think Elon Musk thinks that AI is going to take over or something, but you know, like there's an argument. It's like, where's AI going? Are, which side of the argument are on? Do you think that's going to be uh, something that we can control forever and sort of, uh, you know, keep on a leash or do you think it's something that is going to overtake us eventually 
And do you see Skynet evolving? I mean, it's certainly possible it could evolve. Right. I mean, our job is to make sure it doesn't happen that way. Like, I, th- I just think it's a foolish thinking to be like, we're not going to do this, mm-hmm. right? So it's foolish to be like, no, we're just going to stop working on it. Like, <laughs> right. you know, we make we make laws about, like, cloning people. You know who's still cloning people? We Crazy people all over the world are still trying to clone humans. Like, right. it's not like, like, just because you made some law that says don't do it doesn't mean people aren't going to do it. So... <laughs> If you think we're going to stop AI, like general AI from being developed, it's not, no chance. Like mm. it will be developed. Right. So it's a matter of it's a matter of building a system in which we don't destroy ourselves by doing it. Right. right. We need to build a paradigm where we can succeed with it, not where we're trying to control it. Because you're not going to be able to control it. You're not. It's going to be like another living thing. It would be like we had another race of people who are smarter than us living on the planet it's not that you couldn't coexist but if you try and enslave it like shit's gonna go really badly like it's gonna go terribly (laughs) so you know i think we just have to be very conscious that that's what we're creating we're creating something that is going to be be able to think differently than humans not whether it's better or worse but different and we're going to need to be able to coexist with it um, because it's going to get created either way. Yeah. Do you see like a sort of a symbiosis? I mean, like, do you see like sort of a coming together type of thing, like a bio- biological thing? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Certainly yeah. possible. I mean, we're, you know, one of the things I'm most excited about is genetic engineering and mm-hmm. where that's all going to go, the ability to really change the building blocks of life um you know like you can create things that were never even possible to create and where that's going to go and how that's going to change us as humans i don't know like i'm certainly not smart enough to figure that out right like that's a (laughs) that's a like we're gonna have to see we just got to be careful i think like you got to go in eyes wide open just like we're doing these things that are going to change humans for fundamentally for the next million years we're going to change change how human life exists and so we better be like a little careful on how we do that <laughs> right right you know um you know, you're talking about growth and stuff with, with tiki and stuff like and and are you are you technically stepping on toes with tiki are you are you stepping on uh the big data toes uh, because my thought is i guess where i'm going with this is 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 this something that could get big enough to where these other companies would not want you to exist like Google and, 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 and or Facebook, uh, these huge monolith con- I don't know if that's the right word, but these huge companies, you know, that yeah. is, is, is Tiki, is Tiki a threat? I think it could be. <laughs> I mean, I don't like, I, we're not trying to build a threat. Like right. the, the difference is, but it's about they're going to view it as a threat yes. versus it actually being a threat. What we're trying to do is just give users a say. I'm not saying right. don't use Facebook, right? right. Like, like Facebook's going to view that as a threat, but that doesn't mean it is a threat, right? Like you should be able to use Facebook and still have privacy and still have say over how they use your data. Like all of those things should wonderfully coexist in the world. Like there's no reason that you can't have the cool features of Instagram, um, 
and not be completely exploited. <laughs> like that, there's a world in which that right. totally works. Right. So, so I don't view it as uh, a threat. Uh, some people certainly will. Um, I'm not honestly all that worried about it. Um, you know, my favorite example is Roku, right? Mm-hmm. Like a bunch of us use Roku. It's built now into TVs and everywhere, right? Yeah. Like early on HBO got in a pissing match with Roku and they're like, we're not putting HBO on your Roku's, uh, because you know, we want to do it straight to our users. We don't want your experience. And Roku was like, you know, cool, whatever. Yeah. Like we just do, we just make a really great interface. That's awesome for users. Like yeah. we focus on the users. We do right by the users. HBO will come around when they come around. Mm-hmm. And now, Every time anybody watches anything on HBO through Roku, Roku gets paid. Like <laughs> it's just like if you build something that users love, mm. um, the rest of it will slowly click into place, even if people are upset for a little while. Yeah, the, the you know these the 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 big the big things that are weird right now that weird me out a lot, and just coming from just my simple simple thought process is is these the the ability of of these devices that are listening. And and like, um, did you hear about the the Kayla doll? Did you ever hear about the Kayla doll? That, that it was this doll that was in Europe. Maybe Dutchman's heard of it, but um, the it was this doll that was collecting data. It was a doll for children, but it was collecting data that you hooked up. It was an interactive sort of you know little mm-hmm. doll thing. And uh, they found out that it was collecting all this crazy data, and and they ended up banning it in a lot of places in the EU. Um, it, it, it freaks me out. And, and then when you hear about like how Alexa is solving murder crimes and shit, it's just like, is, is, is Tiki going to be able to, if you want to remain anonymous out of that, would, would Tiki be able to sort of intercept that or, or is that, is, I mean, are we there? I, I know the sky's the limit, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think one day maybe, mm-hmm. um, you know, everything comes with trade-offs, right? Yeah. Like really my the basic belief and where we're really trying to start is we just want people to be informed um so it's very hard to stop amazon from doing weird things with your data so instead what i can do is i can be like look here's what they're collecting here's what they're known to do here's what they typically do with your data you can use alexa if you want just be aware of the risks of using it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then if you do want to use it, I'll help you get paid for it. We'll help you mitigate as much privacy and control as you will, as you can with it. You know, we could do things in the future, maybe by running like local VPN servers and things like that mm-hmm. to try and encrypt and proxy your data. There's just, but it all starts with just let people choose because some people will be totally okay with, hey, Amazon can listen to me because I love that that Alexa helping me. I, yeah. I like the ability to yell, turn on a timer for the chicken, which yeah. is my personal favorite Alexa feature. <laughs> so, right? Like, but you should be informed that what you're doing has consequences, right? Like the biggest problem is that nobody, no one, like they just buried in some terms of service and no one knows what the consequences are. Right. Um, and it's like the biggest, it's the biggest inequality out there on the internet is that companies know what they're doing with your data and you as a user have no idea they buried in a terms of service you have no say no control it's like hey use this thing it all seems good and then whoopsies we did this other thing over here with it right like uh, so like 
<laughs> Let's start by fixing that problem. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Baby steps. And and Dutchman has another question here. And he's not trying to be cynical or negative. Uh, how do you keep <laughs> the fake profiles uh, out when you're bigger? Or maybe better question is, is that a concern for you? Yeah. So... We don't care. Uh, so <laughs> uh, the short answer is you just don't care, right? Um, yeah. So let's say like the biggest worry that most people would ask is like if I had a if I could create a fake profile to get paid, I could figure out how to game the system. Mm-hmm. Well, to do that, you'd have to also link like a fake Gmail account and generate fake emails that have data that a company is going to buy for you to get paid, right? Yeah. Like you get paid in concert with what you share and you get paid when somebody buys and accesses that data. So mm-hmm. if you don't have any data that's being shared and no one's accessing that data, then there's no money being generated, transacted, right? It's fair. It's, it's all based on the actual transaction of the data itself. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if you wanted to create a fake Gmail account, link it to Tiki and send yourself emails um, to earn five bucks a month or whatever, go for it. Like, please have at it. Like, do it, do it. Uh, more power to you. If you can figure out how to do that, like, go have at it, right? <laughs> you know, it's like more power to you. So I yeah. think like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because I guess it's like, it's not really money that's coming out of your pocket, right? Because you're just selling data and you're making money off of the data that's being sold anyway. Yeah. So it's just... And it would be so hard to fake that stuff. And, you mm. know, it's just, you would have to constantly be creating new data for fake accounts <laughs> to be linked to it. And then if I would argue, if you're creating fake like new data for fake accounts that data is real data like it's actually meaning of something so it's like it's not really fake anymore it actually like it's telling somebody something about some behaviors right right yeah no man it's it's just it's really it's it's really interesting um I mean, we uh, we could go on for days, but I'm sure I'm sure you're busy, and I'm sure you have a lot of of things to program. Uh, lots of God, I sound like such an idiot. I'm sure you got things to program and buttons to push and stuff. The so uh, just just uh just as we're wrapping up here, what what what's uh can you give us sort of like um just uh just your your last pitch here and pitch uh, God. Just, just your last overview of Tiki and and how how you wanted to you know go forward. Yeah, look, we as users deserve a say in what happens to our data, and our data is becoming more and more meaningful every day. Um, if we don't stand up and take us take a stance against this now, it may honestly be too late. Um, your data is worth a ton of money. You should at least get paid for it. But honestly, we all just really deserve a say in what happens with our data. So we're just asking people come and join. Sign up at mytiki.com. We don't take any of your information. We'll never steal your data. It's all open. It's all transparent. It's open source. It's in front. You can DM me on Discord to ask me as many questions as you want. We're just honestly trying to build something here that is for users, by users, and it just is a way for users to get a say. Um, you know, we've never had a say before, and it's honestly too. It's like it's way too late. We should have had a say from day one in what happens with our data. It's the most valuable thing on the internet is your data. It represents who you are. Wow. 
That's deep. MyTiki.com. <laughs> and of course, I put the link in the chat and MyTiki.com slash good English. Go there, sign up, get get involved. Uh, I, I Again, I think this is an amazing uh, app and amazing product that you guys are, are, are getting up and going. And uh, I'm super excited to get the app in and start trying it and start blocking these assholes because, man, it's just... It, it drives me nuts, you know. It drives me nuts when you hear about, even when you hear about, uh, just people, just just ideas getting buried in search results, and, and just just you know, well, influencing and 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 manipulating people in in how they think and how they vote and how they. It, it it's just it's a very sickening thing to me, and so I'm I'm glad that there's at least a way that's coming out here that uh that uh, that we can sort of take a stand back you know i i know i was about to let you go but i was just curious on what your thoughts on uh, with uh you know with tiktok and you know like there was this huge thing you know, last year trump as soon as trump said that we got to get rid of tiktok everybody was like no we need tiktok and, and, and all this stuff so i i don't know what, what's your thoughts on it? i me personally just just not my thoughts but what happened i signed up for tiktok and immediately i started getting a bunch of spam in my emails so i don't know if they're connected but i, I signed up for tiktok spam in the email so i, I don't know what, what's your thoughts on that on on tiktok i mean I'm sure they sold your email address. That doesn't <laughs> shock me. Like, like they're, they're, they have no, they don't care. Like they're, they're like, everybody knows we're stealing all your data and there's still like, you know, hundred million of you guys using this thing. Like, right. fuck it. Like yeah, yeah. we'll do more. Like we, right. they could be super brazen about it. Right. I mean, the, Honestly, I love TikTok. <laughs> like, TikTok is awesome. It's so funny. It's the funniest place on the internet right now is TikTok. So I love TikTok. It's mm -hmm. hilarious. It's very entertaining. It sucks you in. Um, yeah. I mean, yes, they're stealing everything. They're collecting as much data as they possibly can about you, uh, which who God knows who's using it. I mean, it is everything that is comes out of China is technically owned by the Chinese government. Mm -hmm. So they do have access to it. And I don't know. I just I find it hard to get more worked up about that than any other social media. They're all doing the same thing. Right. They're all tracking everything you do online right. and they're using that to manipulate you for whatever the best outcome is for them. Like that is just any app you use, any service you use whether it's TikTok or Twitter or Facebook or Snapchat, Google, Spotify, Zoom right now yeah. they're recording this call, right? Like literally everything you do on the internet, including like the internet service provider, the people who are literally transferring the data from your computer to the internet are also monitoring everything you're doing and selling that data. You know, the cell phone providers are selling your data. The telecom companies are collecting and selling your data. Everybody is monitoring everything you're doing. Uh, so Everybody's just, getting you know, paid <laughs> except for us. Right? Like, right? like we're, <laughs> we're the ones holding the bag. That, wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. Mike, thank you so much for your time. I, I really appreciate it. I had a great time chatting with you. I mean, th th we had a lot to a lot to discern here. Lot, lot, I mean, at least for me, I, I'm just I'm, I just I feel like a slow bot. I, just with all this, I, I just feel like I'm a middle aged man who's who's aging out and who soon is going to be yelling, "Get off my lawn!" to the to the kids. So I, I I'm glad that we were able to connect and, and you know try to bring me up to speed on some of this feels monitored man 
oh yeah feels modern man gotcha all right mike thank you so much uh and uh everyone again go to mytiki.com slash good english sign up and uh if you're listening on the audio and it's in the show notes just go click on it and it'll take you right to the where you need to be and uh thank you so much again man you have a Thank good rest you. of your day. This is a blast. Hey man, I'm I'm me too. I had a great time. Thank you so much, Mike. I appreciate you coming on the show. I I had a blast talking to Mike. Uh, I mean, if you couldn't tell, I was a little bit out of my element because what the hell do I know about engineering and computery stuff other than, you know, the basic surface knowledge. So uh, thank you so much, Mike, for for coming in and explaining it to us so we can understand what the hell's going on and I just had a great time. So again, go to mytiki.com slash good English and sign up today. You'll find a link in the show notes. So please go show some support to the show and get in on the ground level of this amazing company that I think is going to revolutionize our relationship with big data. Um, so that is about it out of me, guys. I'm going to run. I got a lot of things to do. Um, I Well, I do want to say give a little update on the juice fast so i completed the juice fast on last friday because we did our irl stream uh, on twitch we did an irl stream where we went to the salad galley and we had ourselves a good time and that was when i first started eating but oh man i'm telling you I, i i got like i think all the toxins are flushing out and i just i still haven't felt like i got my strength back because when you're juice fasting, you feel weak, you feel, you know, your brain's cloudy. It's just, it's a, <laughs> it's not easy to starve yourself with GMO juice. So, uh, <laughs> uh, it, but it was great. So I'm still sort of recovering from my juice fast. I mean, today is Tuesday when I'm recording this and I'm still feeling a little, ugh. so uh, I, yeah, I came back, I'm doing okay, I've gained a little more weight back, but that's okay, that's expected, And uh, but I'm doing fine, just so everyone knows, uh, I'm, I'm doing okay, I'm getting ready for vacation in San Diego, so we'll be doing some podcasting from San Diego again, and uh, we're going to have a good time, guys, it's going to be vacation, and uh, yeah, we're going to kill it. We're going to kill it. All right, guys. Be good to your fellow human beings. HJs for everybody. I'll see you guys on Friday with Adam Flair UK. Adam Flair UK.